And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, you are now tuned into anything's potable, the most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause, like Paul Pierce when he was fresh out the hospital, like Antoine when he shimmied after shots went through. So tell me why you mad even? Your team gonna be sad leaving after matching up with Brad Stevens. Each season, champion contenders. We drop twice a week like you trying to guard Kemba. <laughs> your team whack and your players whacker. I got the inside scoop after hanging up with Jay and Packer. Okay, we about chips here. I'm talking about this year. Band of 12 plus 6 here. Carson was top rookie. I'm seeing it now. Ain't playing around with Tatum and Hay with a brown. We off the charts, but you gotta play it market smart. Close out, cause he pulling up from Harvard Yard. Gang green, it's no other way. So tune in to the pod if you plan on staying up to date. You heard? <laughs> Aziz. Hey, Jay, I, I see you, player. She. Welcome to. The Boston Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am your host, Sam Jam Packard, professional sports fan, and I am joined, as always, by the kid, the god, the legend himself, Celtics beat reporter for The Athletic, Jay King, ladies and gentlemen. And we are coming to you after a two-game stretch where the Celtics beat the Denver Nuggets, uh, and it was a lot of fun to watch the chunky dime slinger, Nikola Jokic, uh, absolutely go off, but the no Celtics... longer chunky dime slinger. Formerly no, chunky dime slinger. Now he's just a dime slinger, and now he's just unstoppable. And so the Celtics were able to kind of rebound from that tough weekend and get a win against the Nuggets, and then they got absolutely worked by Trey Young. And in what kind of felt like a, I thought was going to be a loss going in because they were not going to have Kemba Walker because it was the second night of a back to back, and Daniel Tice was out with a I think sprain finger and so they started Jalen Brown Jason Tatum Javante Green Shemi Oshale and Tristan Thompson and like I thought the effort was there the offense actually wasn't too bad they just had no ability to stop Trey Young or the Hawks in the paint the Hawks shot something like 57 percent from the field and the Celtics defense was just not there and they got they got outclassed and outgrifted by Trey Young yeah, they just – and it's going to be tough for the Celtics during back-to-backs while Marcus Smart is still out. Because when Smart and Kemba Walker aren't there, they just don't have enough playmaking. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, as much as they've improved, as as impressive as it has been for them to grow in their court vision, in their court awareness, in all of that. That's still not the strength of their games. They're still more scorers than playmakers. And and when Kemba's out and when Marcus Smart is out, that is just glaring. And and I know that it was more the defense in this case. 
Um, but I, I just think a lot of the times, you know, they're going to need help. They're going to need more help. And back-to-backs right now when Kemba's out, it's just not going to be there. Like you said, they started Javante Green. Brad Stevens must be wondering, who the hell am I supposed <laughs> to turn to right now? I was actually surprised he didn't go with Peyton Pritchard. Um, but Peyton Pritchard is like kind of the natural guy to step in. I thought Jeff T got zero minutes in the Nuggets game. I thought he was fully out of the rotation. It felt like he only got some minutes in this Hawk game because Peyton Pritchard ended up with five fouls. But I think you're right. They just don't have enough playmaking. Like Danger Cart made an uh, excellent point on Twitter where it's like we were complimenting Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown I think earlier this year and in the bubble last year is like, oh, they've really added to their playmaking. Like they can do pass it like some more better passing, more better playmaking. Now they're not ready to run an entire offense. And I think we saw that where it's just like when the ball, it's solely responsible for them, like getting setting guys up, the offense is just not going to click. And so I don't know what they do on back to backs with Marcus smarts hurt because they just, there's no answer. I think we saw in the game, Jason Tatum, I think, is a little bit more advanced just because he's used to kind of having the ball in his hands. He fields a lot of double teams. I think he's getting much better at handling that. But there were stretches in that Hawks game where it was Jalen Brown and the bench, and it just did not go well. Uh, And Jalen Brown, despite scoring 22 points, he was not good uh, on offense. Six of 20 in that game. And the... I think they only scored 21 points in the second quarter. There were just some really bad offensive stretches. And when you have that and then also a complete inability to keep the Hawks out of the paint, you're not going to win many games. Yeah. And and, and look, I, I think Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown can be the centerpieces of an offense. But there's a difference between being the two centerpieces of an offense and being asked, to drag Tristan Thompson, Shemi Ojale, and Javante Green to to victories. You know, like like those are three, for the most part, offensive zeros. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Shemi's like an Eastern offensive one. Like he's he can shoot the three ball somewhat. Shemi is an offensive one. Um, this is on the ten scale here. <laughs> but yeah, so. Very, very limited offensive players that when they're starting, those two guys have to do everything. They need to set up the buckets. They need to score the buckets. They need to do everything with the buckets. They need to stop the buckets. (laughs) They need to spell out buckets for everybody. And, And that's... It's just a lot. I think there's a talent deficit right now when the Celtics are shorthanded. And and even when they're playing, it was Atlanta. Like, Who's lost a lot of games recently and is not playing their best basketball. But like, And, and just- then the defense was bad. And the, the defense, it hasn't been horrible this year. But because of where the offense is and, and because – like it just needs to be better. It needs to be better. And if like if this if this team had an elite defense, then cool. It would be this team would be very competitive because if you have an elite defense and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown getting you buckets, then that's enough. 
but they don't have that elite defense. And right now, while shorthanded, they're playing Aaron Neesmith and Javante Green and and some other characters who are not equipped to be sharp defenders on a possession-to-possession basis right now. You can just see that this Celtics team isn't as connected as it needs to be, isn't as as intelligent i think defensively as it needs to be and and so and it's like it's it's had a fine defense even though there have been some ugly ugly games defensively for the most part it's been okay but they they aren't at that elite level where they can get away with just having jason tatum and jalen brown and no shooters or playmakers for the most part anywhere around them and it's, I think it's something you mentioned last podcast where it's their transition defense versus their half court defense has been wildly different results where their transition defense has been awful and their half court defense has been pretty good. But if you're not making shots on the offensive end consistently, you're playing a lot more transition defense. You're not able to set your defense. And I think that just sets them up for uh, shoddy performances. I don't know what you do about Trey Young. Like, with him, the amount of foul, like well, I think they showed on the broadcast that he gets has drawn the most fouls or uh, free throws in the league this year. Uh, the Celtics were certainly frustrated with some of the foul calls on him, but that's like one component. Then he's also able to pull and consistently knock down shots from 30 plus feet. It just like, and he has tremendous vision as a passer. This is the first time I feel like the Celtics have done a very good job on Trey Young uh, since he's been in the league. Uh, they had. This was the first time that Trey Young had ever beaten the Celtics. Of course, Trey Young had only played the Celtics with Marcus Smart, so I think that has uh, something to do with it. But sheesh, he was just. I don't know what the answer was necessarily, uh, especially when you're out. Um, you're kind of your best two guards. What the what the Celtics could have done to really uh, slow him down last night. And then I think th- then you get to the other issue with the Celtics right now. Beyond the guys they're missing. Even even their stars who are playing are dealing with shit. Jason Tatum said recently that he's out of breath because of COVID. He's dealing with fatigue. Jalen Brown is currently questionable for Friday night's game against Atlanta because he's dealing with knee tendonitis. Marcus Smart has been out of the lineup for a while. Kemba Walker is clearly not himself. And so this is a team that doesn't have much depth that the best players who are tasked with carrying the burden are going through shit right now. And so I I don't think it's a surprise that they've struggled. I do think it's a surprise that it's been as deep and as bad as it has been and that they've lost to some scrub-ass squadrons. (laughs) But but like I'm not surprised. If you told me that they were going to have as many injury issues and COVID issues as they've had so far, I would have said, yeah, this team is going to go through some tough times early in the season. And so I'm, I'm not shocked by that. It's just like the depth of it is kind of stunning, not stunning, but it's just not where you thought they were going to be at this point. And you would think that kind of the star power would able to lift them uh, up against teams, especially like the Hawks. But you know, it's just very difficult when you just have to play a guy. You, you, like, they had to play Jeff Teague. Jeff Teague has basically played himself out of the Did rotation. 
that well, who are we going to play after Peyton Pritchard f- uh, fouls out? Like, what is the what he is only the had next five, message? right? He had five, and I don't think he came into the game after he picked up his fifth um, and didn't play down the stretch. He was actually one of the uh, kind of lone bright spots uh, other than Jason Tatum in that game. Now, the one thing that's happened over the past week or so has been uh, Brad Stevens actually playing Green Bean, Aaron Neesmith, actually getting some minutes. And while it hasn't been pretty, Green Bean tries his ass off. And I think he's uh, making a lot of effort plays, which is all you can really ask for a rookie. And I think it's good for him. Is it? You could ask him to make more shots, but I like, I don't know. He knocked down a shot. It's in the Nuggets game, like uh, coming off a screen, a pull up three, which I thought was nice to see. I mean, there are some rookies that are playing exceedingly well this year. And it's like, wow, I, that's just not normal. And so I think there's like weird expectations for uh, Neesmith, but it is, I don't know. I'm just trying to try to get some positivity in that Neesmith has gotten more minutes and he's looked more comfortable out there. And He's just bringing more energy uh, to this team where certainly against that the game against the Wizards, they were low on energy. And if that's the type of guy who you want coming off the bench, I'm sure I would like him to make more shots. But I don't know. I'm just trying to say I like the when we've seen more Neesmith, I've liked what I've seen so far. Yeah, and I think there's it's promising that there's been a lot of growth from the beginning of the season. At the beginning of the season, he was lost, man. He had no clue what was going on. He was spinning out there. And... And to see him kind of look like he knows what's going on a fair percentage of the time is promising. And I think the hustle stuff is is good because he's 6'6", he's long, he's relatively athletic. Like, he's not an immobile guy. And if he can defend, and right now there are warts. Like, I, I'm writing a Neesmith story that should publish Friday. And so I looked at all the defensive tape and like some of them are just like E some, just some rookie stuff. But w- when he gets it right, when he gets it right, it's like, Ooh, Ooh, there, there's, there's something there. And, uh, and so that's promising. And I think the shot will come around. He has a huge reputation as a shooter. He's six, six. He should be able to get a shot off. I think the shot will come around as he continues to get, more awareness and more comfortable and, and but just, just that uh, one shot he hit against the nuggets like coming off a screen got a little bit of space immediately went into the shot like that's just not like what celtics player has been able to shoot off the move like shoot threes that's just not a dynamic they've really had on this team um for a while and so yeah, it's think- kind of been like the only guys who could do that are the point guards right like- exactly and so to have someone with size who can do that and like just talk about the gravity and I just like the headaches that Duncan Robinson and Tyler hero kind of put the Celtics in last year in the playoffs and just adding that dynamic to the offense, you would hope would kind of open the floor up for um, Tatum and Brown. I love that. You're already putting them in that Duncan Robinson dynamic. I'm, I'm hoping Duncan Robinson has been <laughs> shitty this year, but I'm hoping that he I mean, can he's be like, shooting like 40% Robinson. from the field or from three. Almost. It, heat, it seems like the Heat are worse than the Celtics because he's no longer shooting like sixty percent from three. But he's pretty good. And, I haven't uh, heard his name once, so in my brain, he's been shitty. Yeah, I mean that's that's the dream, the absolute dream for Neesmith. If and if he can do that stuff, he'll be incredibly valuable, and he'll be a great, great fit with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown 
giving them so much space and stuff that they just don't have right now. And I think that's part of the reason why Brad has tried Neesmith during this stretch is, is because they do need guys who are six, six and they do need guys who can knock down shots. And if you can coax some of that out of him, then maybe he'll actually help this year versus later. I think it's going to be more of a later thing for the most part, but but the hustle and energy is, is is good and it's promising and the early reports on his work ethic are good and like I said like he just doesn't look lost anymore so that's a plus that is a plus looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24/7 US based live customer service from Discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Now, one more question about the rotation I have for you is why are we not seeing more Robert Williams? The guy feels like he's electric on the defensive end. I mean, he's going to have the mistakes. No matter what, Time Lord is going to make mistakes in terms of uh, jumping on like immediately he came in against Jokic and jumped on his pump fake like that's going to happen but he feels like he's so much more dynamic uh on the offensive end than is Tristan Thompson Tristan Thompson if he's not offensive rebounding he gives you absolutely nothing on the offensive end he does not even roll in the pick and roll he just picks he is he is not rolled once this year that's a lie I remember a couple times he's got a pick and roll from Kemba Walker but he's just it feels like the offense gets slogged down when Tristan Thompson is in the game and going to talk about it, vertical spacing with Robert Williams in the game. I'm just confused about like kind of the minutes allocation, especially in the games when Tice have been out where it just feels like I test alone. Time Lord uh, does more for this team than Tristan Thompson, but Tristan Thompson uh, has consistently got more minutes. Explain to me that, Jay King. Why is that happening? I think, I think the Celtics know that Robert Williams is their highest ceiling center. Like when he's doing things right, he's probably their best center. And now Daniel Tice does things right way more often, and Tristan Thompson does things right more often. And I think for Robert Williams, the devil's in the details. Like. You watch possessions with him, and and he's he's constantly getting at least a little out of position. Um, and and but, he can but doesn't still, he need to play more to he like... can still make plays. And I I think there there's a balance that they're trying to strike between developing him and getting him to work on all the focus and attention to detail stuff. And and I think they know how important he is to their ceiling. And I, I actually think like they understand that and, and maybe they should give him more time, but, but I, 
I don't know. Isn't that the whole like Corrales argument that he needs to go to the G League and play 30 minutes a game so he can like learn these things on the fly? Send like to, send him to the G League bubble. What's wild is Malachi Flynn played in the G League bubble, played this morning, is going to be available for the Raptors tonight, which doesn't very much seem like the G League bubble is in fact a bubble if you can leave and then play in an NBA game. But a lot of things in the NBA are kind of wacky this year. The whole all-star game that's happening. And then Adam Silver's coming out and saying there will be no social functions. It's irresponsible to gather socially at the all-star game, but all of these players are required to come to Atlanta, but that is a uh, neither here nor there. Uh, I think Dollar the other Dollar bills y'all, that is why they play the games folks. That is why we do the podcast. Um, the other big news from today is Danny Ainge going on Sports Talk Radio and coming out and saying, this is not a championship team. And Jay, were you surprised to hear Danny Ainge tell the truth to the peoples? No, no, I was not. What was he supposed to say? Was he supposed to say, oh, yeah, this, this Danny is Ainge a Danny Ainge lies all right the time. I mean, this, like- this is a contender. This 14 and 14 team that is 6 and 11 in its last 17 games that has this offense outside of the top 15 and a defense that's probably not even top 10 after that Hawks rubbish. That has the worst differential since the 2014 season. Yeah, no, no, he's, he's not going to say that. And he would have sounded like a loose cannon if he had said that. Danny, hey, Ainge, he could have lied in some coach speak and be like, "Well, we got really got to work on some things. I have faith in this team, and once we get it all together, there's ways he could have danced around the question." But no, no he came out and said, "The truth, the truth has been on performance on TD Garden parquet floor regularly. You cannot, and we're not talking about Paul Pierce, folks. You cannot pretend that this team, as presently constructed, is a championship contender." Now, if if Kemba Walker gets healthy and if they get the right guy or the right guys with the trade exception and their defense starts to look a lot better and they can stay healthy throughout the playoffs, then then maybe they could put together a deep playoff run. But I don't I think Danny Ainge, if he had said anything else, would have been lying to everyone's faces and everyone would have been known he was lying to their faces. Everyone's seen this Celtics team. We have. We have seen this Celtics team. They they don't even resemble a particularly good team, never mind a, a contending team. They are the fifth best team in the East right now, which just goes to show you how plagued the uh, Eastern Conference has been with injuries and COVID and the Washington Wizards taking out multiple teams single-handedly. Uh, but the real question is, and I thought the thing that was interesting about the Danny Ainge interview is he was very – open about his desire to make some trades he wheeling and dealing that was the thing that's i thought was a little bit different than the danny Ainge we've seen of the past couple of years he's like yeah we need to make a trade i think he mentioned it four or five times in the interviews like we are looking to make a trade jay the question i have for you is are they going to use the biggest trade exception ever here at the deadline or is it something where they use the vinnie sex pants can't or trade exceptions for a minor upgrade because as much as people want to use the the tpe to bring in so like a star you got to have a deal out there and you got to have some players who are actually available they are going to use a trade exception 
I would guess they use the trade exception prior or at least a portion of it prior to the trade deadline. They know the urgency. They know that thing expires in the offseason. They gave up two second-round picks to get that trade exception. So this isn't going to be a normal year, I don't think, where the Celtics come to the trade deadline and it's quiet like it's been the last five years or whatever. I think since the Isaiah Thomas year, they haven't had a single trade deadline move. It's not going to happen this year. Maybe they don't use a trade exception until the offseason. But I, I would guess they use it before then, and I would guess that they're very aggressive with that. I think the the thing that they'll need to determine is whether to go like how big to dream, I guess, and and they'll have to figure out what's out there. And like, do you get do you try to get a top end younger guy? Um, well, let's talk about one guy like, who's like, just do you try person. to load up first round picks for like OG Aaron Kobe. Or like Aaron, someone on there still like a rookie deal where you can like extend them. Like John Collins just came in. He clearly, he didn't sign an extension, a pretty expensive extension with the Hawks. He's been talked about. Aaron Gordon's another guy who's on his, I think, second contract and could be extended. I don't know why the Raptors would give up OG, but it's like a he would be someone you go for. Is that guy even like? Are those types of players even available at the deadline? Well, I think that you'd have to pry them away, and you'd have to really use a number of first round picks. And I don't think the Celtics will end up doing that. I don't think they'll get that caliber of young player. I think the more likely scenario is that they go out and look for a veteran in the mold of Harrison Barnes. Now I don't know if it will be Harrison Barnes because the Kings, you know. He's not they, even available, according they to the Kings. Um, but but someone in that mold where it's not going to take a huge offer, it's not going to take a ton of picks, and they keep a lot of picks, keep like the I, – I don't want to really say flexibility, but I, I guess I would say flexibility to where if a star comes available in the future, be able to load up the Godfather Nets offer with – you know, the the three picks and the three pick swaps and all of that. Um, so I think that's what they're going to probably end up doing is going after a veteran in that mold who can help and might not be enough to get them over the top, probably isn't enough to get them over the top, but makes this team a lot better and fills some of the holes. And then they hope to use um, further assets in the future to to add a, a player who probably will be more of a difference maker. Yeah. Ideally you get some guy who is in the same time frame as Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and can be someone who's on the team for a number of years. I just don't necessarily think that guy is necessarily out there. And so I would throw first round picks at OG, but I don't think the Raptors are necessarily going to trade him. Like there's all these guys who like the ideal situation is someone who's young, talented, and is going to be getting better. But like, who? Why are teams going to trade players like that? And so, yeah, and, and you think of even last year, like Bertans. I think it was it was going to take multiple first round picks to pry him away, and he was a rental at the time, and and he cost ninety million to keep 
I think it was 90 or it might have yeah, been Yeah, no, it was, whatever it was, it was something ridiculous for Bertans. So, he doesn't even start now. Yeah, so the there's a premium on on guys like the guys the Celtics. If they use the TPE for Bertans like today, I would be upset because that feels like a wild overpay just for a, a tall shooter. Like Bertans isn't the he is a a tall guy who can knock down threes, but he's not like a dynamic defender. I feel like you have an expectation for a better player at this point, but I don't, I feel saying that out loud, feels wildly unrealistic because what better players are actually available. If you just look at this, like the standings, there are not a lot of teams out there who are like out of it, out of it and are definitely going to be sellers. I feel like it's the Rockets, the Thunder, the Timberwolves, and then like the Wizards, the Cavs and the Pistons. What guys are on those teams are like really ready would probably help but he would be a rental and he is like 34 years old i don't know how and old those PG are all reasons why he probably wouldn't be too expensive right so that's and like a, that's like a guy you would go but is that the guy you i don't think you use the full trade exception he's only making i think nine million dollars you, you use canner and carson edwards and another contract where then you can do well, that you, at the deadline you, you can't you can't aggregate the canter trade exception with something else well that's so, some ballyhoo yeah, so sorry, bro. You can't combine play. I thought you couldn't combine trade exceptions, but you can't combine players and trade exceptions. Yeah, you can't. So if the Celtics were to add contracts on top of the Gordon Hayward trade exception, they could not acquire a forty million dollar player. Like that's that's not how it works. But they could trade contracts with that. And still take in a player who's under 28 and a half. Do you think there's any chance they move Tristan Thompson? Because he has like the perfect mid-sized contract to kind of match uh, salaries this year. Yeah, so. I, I don't think that's off the table at all. I mean, you've been talking about it. There is, if there is, if he is better than Robert Williams, it's not by much. And I'm he's not, not. <laughs> I'm not convinced he's better than Robert Williams. So... And in this NBA, you don't necessarily need three centers. They also have Grant Williams, who can play center in a pinch, and that's probably his best position. So because you could trade Thompson for PJ Tucker straight up today, salaries match. Like he has that. Per him and Marcus Smart have the perfect kind of mid-sized contracts that are great for salary filler and matching trades. At this point, you're not going to give up Marcus Smart. It feels like he's the perfect guy. I just don't know if there's like reputation wise you bring in a guy and then trade him i think he's only eligible he traded i think it's coming up it has to be like a certain number of days after he signed but i don't know if there was any hesitation for like trading a guy you signed in free agency because i don't know they have the whole reputation of how they fucked with isaiah thomas who danny ainge um when asked about it today on the radio took a long pause before declining to say that they probably weren't going to take back it but I didn't know if it was like a weird reputation thing where it's like you can't you can't trade a guy who you signed to the mid-level this offseason. I I mean Ainge traded Isaiah Thomas after he busted his hip and after his sister passed away. I don't think he would decline to trade Tristan Thompson because he voluntarily signed a contract that could be traded a few months ago. That is a fair point, J. King. And so we shall see. 
it's going to be interesting as the Celtics continue to play games. They have another full week of games. It's just games after games, back to back after back to back. We'll see how they perform with a back-to-back uh, next week, uh, also against the Atlanta Hawks. I'm very excited for Sunday to see how they deal with Zion Williamson, who's scoring like 35 points a game on 80% from the field. That's just wild. I don't know how they're going to deal with that, but it's going to be interesting. We shall see. We're going to talk about it then. But uh, before we go, we have to do what everyone's waiting for. It's the world-famous and now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Potable Six Pack brought to you by the fine folks at Night Shift Brewing and that's right, folks, the Santilli IPA. Night Shift brews the Santilli on the Santilli Highway right there in Everett. It's a local beer. It's a local IPA. It's absolutely delicious. And if you want to drink it yourself, go to nsbeer.com or .co slash beer finder, nsbeer.co slash beer finder and figure out where you can get some Santilli, or you can do some night shift delivery. Uh, They deliver in the Boston area, and they sponsor what I'm now calling the Santilli six-pack. And Jay, first picks to you as I enjoy my first sip. Uh, This is is tough. I wasn't I got it. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, go ahead. ahead. Aaron Neesmith chase down blocks. The guy is electric. The guy explodes on the chase down block. Now he might have fouled a number of players, but we don't need to get into that. I would say it's his best skill. It's the best thing he does is his explosive chase down blocks. I was living for every single moment. I love the Neesmith chase down block. Neesmith, yeah. I mean, the man hustles. The man hustles. He's got energy. Uh, I'm going to go with Peyton Pritchard lobs to Robert Williams. You stole my. That was my next pick. That's Always a good pick. A dandy. Those two seem to have a little chemistry, little chemistry, if you will. And I'm not sure if it's chemistry or if it's just that Peyton Pritchard is pretty good at running pick and rolls, and Robert Williams can soar. I got. That's all you need for some chemistry, though. That's that is natural chemistry. That's like H meeting with two O's. No, 
Two H's meeting with O. That just makes is water is what I'm trying to say. Chemistry. I, there, <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> <was> stupid. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty stupid. PP Lord I, is what we calling him. Do you like Lord PP or PP Lord when we're talking about their to uh, con- their connection? Uh, I don't think either of those are Lord Pritchard. Mm, that's pretty good. I'm Lord still Pritchard. going with PP Lord, but I'm juvenile, and you're you're the adult one in this uh, tete-a-tete. Lord Pritchard sounds better to me, but what do I know? Not um, much. <laughs> I'm gonna go with what's I I gotta go with. Celtics transition defense. It, it it needs to be burned to the ground. I only picked it so I could bash it. It has <laughs> it has been awful. The Celtics. It's it's bad, man. It is so bad. I I don't even have other words to describe it other than bad. Why do you think that is? Just like like not getting back, not like having the effort, just they're having playing, to play transition playing, defense too much? They're playing guys who aren't very good. They're turning the ball over more than they usually do. And I think sometimes when your offense isn't working well, it turns into defense being a lot more difficult to play. And I think we're seeing all of that, and it's bad. It's bad, although Neesmith chased down blocks. He's the one solution uh, to the bad transition defense if you just set him up. And uh, then I, I think the, the injuries and stuff, nobody wants to hear the excuse. And I know there will probably be fans out there who don't even want to hear the excuse. But when all the best players are nursing some sort of thing, and and all the other guys are pretty inexperienced and young, then there are going to be some issues. That's fair. All right, my next pick, I have to give some honorable mentions to um, Time Lord talking about vibes in the postgame against the Nuggets, saying they're trying to get positive vibes to the game. I thought that was cool uh, just because Time Lord is, uh, is always going to be cool. I did like how upset Tristan Thompson was post game. Speaking of post game kind of reactions, just being like, we're the hunted. Uh, I'm going to start calling guys out, uh, being upset. Rightfully, they should be uh, angry. Um, but those are both honorable mentions. Uh, for my second pick, I'm going to go with on consecutive nights, we see a hack of Tristan Thompson and then a hack of Capella which is just wild, not normally something you see. Also, got to give points to Hacka Capella, which sounds like a terrible college a cappella name. Um, but it's just interesting that uh, I just, you don't, you rarely see it. And I made fun of Mike Malone for doing that during a February game. Um, and so I have to make fun of Brad Stevens for going to Hacka Capella uh, in February. Just wild you stuff. Can, you can tell Brad hates his defense because he's, he, he go. He's going to zone. He's going to hacka. He's resorting. I love to the all, zone, though. He's resorting to all the tricks you use when you don't trust that your defense is going to get a stop ever. And 
it kind of worked with like the Celtics did get within a score against the Hawks. And then they're just like immediately were down 10 points, but it kind of worked to get them back in the game. I thought it was, uh, it's just, it's, it's always fun to see gimmicks get run out there. And just the, the nice, uh, hack of Capella just reminded me of all the shitty acapella I had to listen to in college. And so that was something I had to bring up another honorable mention that I forgot. Shemi Ojale's willingness to take threes now. That means anytime he's getting barely a glimpse of daylight, he's pulling. And I just appreciate that. He's kept up his percentages. He's still pretty good, but I just, uh, I'm still iffy with him. I still am like, whoa, Shemi, really willing to take that shot, but he's knocking it down. That's an honorable mention. But for my last pick, I have to go with you getting got after the Nuggets game. Some guys chirping at you, coming at your neck, saying, what is the point of you and you were saying like the kid you uh what'd you say to to get on board with the kid's charm and then he just tweeted at you your picture for the athletic and gotta say jay not your not your finest look it's a poor picture I'm, I'm <laughs> why did you lie. submit it why why did you do that i think <laughs> so it was a, it was the last day oh obviously i'm a procrastinating type with stuff that is uh not busy work, but like shit that's not really essential to my day-to-day responsibilities. And in this case, it was getting a picture of myself. And I didn't have any headshots. I'm not a guy who takes photos <laughs> ever. And so I, I had my uh, my roommate take it um, against the wall in our apartment. And I had like a double chin. I it was It was a rough time, rough stretch for the kid. I go through fluctuations where I get a little on the chunky side. And by you're looking little, good, I, I you're mean, looking good and, now. Have, thank you. Thank have you. the girlfriend take a nice glamour shot of you, and I think like update that show because people out there, strangers, are thinking that Jay King uh, isn't a handsome guy, and I think that's false. I think you need to let the people know that that's not the case. My uh, my photo. Fo- I mean, you've seen my photo, the old photo on the uh, pass for the the TD Garden it's 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 even worse than the one the guy shared maybe, maybe you don't photo well maybe that's the issue maybe you're not it's, a photogenic it, guy scal always gives me shit about that photo <laughs> some people have said i look like the 40 year old virgin in that photo um so i'm i'm just not a photo guy There's, i'm just a lot more beautiful in person that's fair that's what you should say but i won that guy over i won that guy over and then my favorite part was he said he didn't mean to offend me and he very <laughs> clearly meant to offend me. Uh, he, he tweeted a photo of you and be like, this you, you ugly. And was like, didn't mean to offend. And he said basically that I was worthless at my job. I had no reason living. And why do and, you exist? I believe was what he said. Yeah. And then, then he was like, ah, thanks for being cool. I didn't mean to offend you. Like, yeah, yeah, you did pal. Like you tried <laughs> very hard many times to offend me, but but I was just I I took the higher road there and uh but yeah that that cracked me up and then after saying he didn't mean to offend me someone else went at him in my mentions and and he's he went back at him and he was like yeah well I don't know why you're in here in the mentions of a mid-tier NBA reporter or like low-tier NBA reporter or whatever he said so he still meant to offend me even after he said he hold on but let's be honest here what tier are you in in NBA reporters? 
I, I very low. I assume. <laughs> well, no, I think you're. I think you're solidly a mid tier. I don't think you're like a woge or. Yeah, I'm. 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 I'm a top god. <laughs> I don't think you're national level. You're not going to be a, appear on like the jump anytime you soon. But your your profile. Yeah, your well, your profile mid- is growing. You're a mid-tier bum-ass podcaster, bro. I think that's absolutely correct. And I'm actually flattered you say I'm mid-tier. I'm a, I'm a team host who calls himself a professional sports fan. I don't think I've ever claimed to be the kid or the god. I'm just uh, just being honest here. Now, yeah. I mean, I, it's always fun where some – I feel like you, because you, have a, you are a mid-tier person and you have much greater following, you get a lot of reply guys in your mentions and, like, talking shit – but I do always love the occasion when you decide to clap back, and uh, it's always entertaining. And so uh, I appreciate a little uh, Twitter karate there from you. Yeah, I, I appreciate every once in a while. I try to win over the the haters, you know. So sometimes you just gotta laugh at yourself and and lean into the hate. That's fair. All right, do you have a last pick? And that pick was back? ugly as fuck. <laughs> you need to update that photo. Yeah, it was bad. Do you have a last pick? Because I got something else I want to yeah, talk I, about. Yeah, I do have a last pick. All right, I let's do. hear it. I got you. Actually, you you underrated this in in your. Well, we go through your honorable mentions again because I just forgot what I was going to pick. Uh, Shemi Ojale, and then the post game speak of. Uh, Rob. Oh yeah, you you underrated Tristan Thompson's post game speech. Well, I didn't. I didn't and see. I didn't. Know, see, I didn't watch it live. I just saw the quotes on Twitter. Failed to highlight the best part. Which this is why was, you're a mid-tier reporter, because you got the facts. Which is that he threw assistant coach Evan Turner under the bus. Ooh. He, he was basically like, yeah, guys always want to play the Celtics, even back when they had Evan Turner and Jordan Crawford playing for him. <laughs> like, it's like, like, bro, he's your assistant coach. Show him some respect. Show show some respect to Evan Turner, the assistant coaching God. But that that cracked me up because it was it was classic. Like, bro, they used to have Evan Turner playing for him, and we'd still get juiced up to play those motherfuckers. And what, what his point was that like teams always get juiced up for the Celtics, and yeah, because of the, the franchise history, and that that now because of the recent success they've had. Teams are getting up to play them. I think teams are getting up to play them because they they think it's right for a W. I think the problem is the Celtics aren't getting up to play teams that they think are below them. Like they they also have been very, very bad against good teams. They've been they've had some solid wins though, and then they've also lost to the Pistons twice, and then lost to the Hawks, and so it's just very hard to figure out. What in the hell is going on with this team? But they are exactly 514 and 14. So, all right. I think that's a fair final pick. I was going to go on a whole rant about NBA Top Shot and how it's a scam, but we'll, we can save that for another day. I don't think we no, we don't need to talk about uh, blockchain and because uh, I don't really understand it. But that is fair. I think it's a very good one, baby. Are you, are you you're a crypto guy? I don't think you have any idea about cryptocurrencies. Oh, you are very wrong on that. Oh, big crypto, Jay King, yeah. mid-tier reporter buying in. You a Dogecoin boy? No, it's useless. Whoa, but so NBA Top Shot getting a... Uh, no, I, don't get me wrong. I, I will never buy a digital. I don't get the digital card thing. It doesn't make any sense. It's entirely 
just creating false scarcity and it's nonsense capitalism and I won't stand for it. But we don't want to wade too far into into that. I think we've gone off the rails too much. So we'll retire for another day. The Celtics play the Hawks and the Pelicans this weekend. We'll come to you next week with a full rundown of what happened in those two games. If you guys enjoyed this show, please rate it five stars, subscribe, tell a friend, and keep spreading the word about anything is potable. And thank you for listening to this episode of As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.